Hello, and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Thursday, August 5th. We apologize for missing our last episode. It was a holiday up here in Canada, but we are back. And I am joined, as I always am, by my neighbor, Max. How's it going, my friend? It's going well. You know those days where you set out to do one thing and then that ends up being your whole day? Sure. Yeah, I'd set out to go play tennis around noon and got home at 5.30. Oh, nice. It was very hot out and the walk home had a lot of stops, including a Gatorade and ice cream one. Nice. But got to spend some time with a friend who's leaving the city soon. Mm. And that was a nice way to spend a day that in a week that was otherwise a very slow burn been not doing a ton other than that following all the slow burn NBA free agency action which I'm super excited to talk about but how's your week been not too shabby it I, it seems like you blink and it's August already summer just it goes and uh, I had a wonderful long weekend uh, up in Ottawa the drives weren't great um, but besides that a really really wonderful weekend and my week, short week. So those are always good, but you always pack a little bit of extra into a short week. So been working away and, uh, yeah, I'm just feeling good overall, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. The weather has just been superb here in London. So really can't complain about that. And, uh, the Olympics have been awesome. NBA free agency, while maybe a little underwhelming, just in terms of the class itself, really, really fun. And lots to talk about. So uh, I'm I'm buzzing. I'm feeling great. Uh, and I'm ready to get rock and rolling. All right. Yeah, this NBA free agency, it's I saw a headline that maybe roughly this time last year or so, it looked like Luka Doncic, or not Luka, excuse me, but Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, there's a couple other names I'm forgetting in there. Kawhi is technically still a free agent, but... <laughs> It just looked like it was going to be such a massive free agent class. And then most of those players signed extensions, locking themselves up before the season even began. But I've really enjoyed this free agency. It's been a lot of mid-level players, a lot of surprises, not like a crazy day one and then a standstill. Like I said, a slow burn of kind of constant action and a lot of surprise and some interesting storylines emerging to follow for when the season starts. Yeah. I, I am definitely someone who is a glass half full kind of guy. And so the thing that I loved about this free agency is in the end, I could make the argument to myself on most of these teams that everyone had a pretty solid free agency. Obviously you're going to have your winners and losers and teams that end up making terrible signings. It's just a given. But overall, the, what I liked was there was a lot of good fit for teams and a lot of upside from the signings. And I think there's a lot of things to be excited about if you're a fan of, of most of these teams. And I'm looking forward to diving into it. But that is kind of how I broke it out with some of my winners and losers. But Max, I'll throw it over to you to see uh, where we want to start. Yeah, let's start with the biggest teams that made the most actions and caught the eye all 
I feel like there's two that kind of fit that category. And one of them involves a player and a place that is very close to both of our hearts. So I feel like we'll get into a bit of a tangent there and not quite sure how you want to handle that. So we could lead with that or the other big one. I will leave it up to you, my friend. You right, take it away. The Chicago Bulls then, because what a free agency they've had in terms of just making a splash. I think you've got to hand it to them as the clear cut winners of this free agency. Stealing Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans with a restricted free agent offer that the Pelicans couldn't match and Ball was happy to take. Picking up DeMar DeRozan, who was arguably the biggest name available in this free agency class. And it's giving them a really intriguing starting five on top of the move they made last trade deadline for Nikola Vucevic that might look like Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic, the man itself. This when started this segment talking about interesting storylines, how that starting five is going to handle themselves is for sure one of the top ones for me. This a huge splash and you got the big players. I feel like I've got to hand that to them as a big W, this free agency. Yeah, I agree. And I have them as a winner of the free agency, a loser long-term. Uh, but right now, they they made that statement when they made the trade for Vucevic at the trade deadline this last season. And they've continued to double down on the fact that they now think that they are ready to win now. And there have been some rumblings that Levine is a little bit disgruntled with contract talks. And so what they've done here by getting Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Crusoe, is they've just infinitely increased the depth of their guard rotation because I think DeRozan can play two through four in any lineup. And the fact that you still have Kobe White, who's kind of now just way out of the picture, but he is a top 10 draft pick that they have on that roster. It gives you a little bit of breathing room to obviously negotiate with Levine, who will be your number one guy this season. And you've got so much star power now around him, but it gives you leverage now that you have his replacement. DeMar is more than serviceable as a replacement Ball is a solid defender, not nearly the same offensive producer as Zach, who was an all-star this year. And then like Alex Crusoe and Colby White are guys that can come in and give you good minutes. So it, it gives them a great position of flexibility. And having this really offensively oriented lineup, not to mention that Markinen is still on this team, although we may see him moved uh, in the upcoming weeks, it, it's going to be a really fun team. And I think they're going to have a chance to really compete for one of those middle seeds in the East. I don't think they're on the level of Milwaukee, Brooklyn, uh, but they're certainly going to be fun. And a lot of it centers around Patrick Williams and because he's going to be the guy who every night is going to take the toughest defensive matchup because none of these other guys really played that much defense. Um, Lonzo Ball, you can make the argument that he's a good defender, but he's more of an off-ball defender and necess not necessarily the guy you want at the point of attack. And so this Chicago team is going to score a lot of points, and they're going to give up a lot of points, and it's just going to be a heck of a fun time. <laughs> yeah, already salivating over those Nets matchups for them. 
I wanted to, sorry, mention that the reason why they're losers in the long run is I believe they now only have two picks until 2026. So they did give up the 2025 pick in the sign and trade uh, with the Pelicans. And then they also had given up 2023 as well as this year's draft pick to the magic for the Vucevic deal. So due to the stepping rule, they can't, you can't trade draft picks in consecutive years, which prevents them from going all in, but um, yeah, giving up a lot of draft capital. So there really is a pressure now on this team to perform. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see if the front office wants to do any trade or asset relocation with the Oklahoma city thunder at any point over the years, if they need a couple draft picks, but a win now move, which I think an interesting new point you bring up about Levine. Cause I think Damar and Lonzo will both make him better players as well as Caruso. And that should incentivize him to stay. And as my understanding of Chicago is they're still building a team around him, but this is a team that could function without him now as well. Although if your marquee all-star player departs, I don't know what kind of message that sends to the fan base, but it's uh, nice to have a Chicago Bulls team that looks like it might be a threat. Yeah, definitely fun. And a big market that, that needs a little bit of winning because they haven't done some winning in a while. Where do you want to go next? Should we stay in the East and uh, talk about the thing that touches close to home? Why not? Uh, I don't know if I'd call the Miami Heat number two winners behind this trade, but they got what they wanted. They've been after Lowry for some time now. Didn't get him at the trade deadline. Stayed patient. Uh, I don't know if it is it like locked in they're giving up Dragic and that other player the the trade doesn't become official to tomorrow so we're still not 100 percent sure on what the return in all signs indicate it's going to be Dragic, achua and a second um most sign trades are never you're never going to see a ton in return from teams just because uh like it's more of i don't know it's 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 a weird thing that exists, but it is like the guy is a free agent and he's going to go sign there. So you kind of should be happy to get what you get in return. So it's never anything big as a package, uh, but that seems like what it's going to be. Yeah. And uh, in an off season where they also extend Jimmy Butler, extend Duncan Robinson, and then have now added Kyle Lowry on a three-year deal, the Miami Heat, next three years looks pretty locked up and I guess right off the top you think about as well as adding PJ Tucker you think about that finals run uh, Goran Dragic one of their best offensive players in that and you can see Kyle Lowry bringing that same style of play if not even more and PJ Tucker admittedly a poor man's Jay Crowder but they get that back in their lineup and both guys who should fit with heat culture, whatever yeah. it is that means. I 
the other two teams that have made really big splashes at free agency, it's a bit more 50-50 on if those were winning, losing moves. But I think the Miami Heat clear-cut winners who have pulled ahead in this free agency. 100%. It, this team, at the very least, is going to be your least favorite team to play against come playoff time. Is a, like To take P.J. Tucker's quote from the parade, they got a bunch of dogs over there. Like it, Lowry, Tucker, Robinson is just a straight up flamethrower. And shout out to him, man. That's the biggest contract ever signed by an undrafted free agent. So really happy for him. That's really cool. Uh, Then you've got Markeith Morris who comes in there and he's not going to back down from anyone. Uh, Not nearly as as solid as his brother, but he was a part of that Lakers team that won now two seasons ago and he has a ton of NBA experience and it seems like Victor Oladipo is going to return to Miami as well that's what the rumbling suggests which is a great bench option for them um, which I think is his ceiling now at this point with the injuries but it is a team that is going to compete really hard on both sides of the floor Lowry is going to completely unlock Bam Uh, it is going to be awesome to see because a lot of Bam's limitations come outside of the paint, but if you have Lowry, he just instantly makes every center that he has so much better. Um, and a lot of the cutting action that this team will be able to do is really, really exciting because Robinson's going to be running all over the place. Lowry is a smart off-ball player who also can just pick teams apart in the pick and roll. Jimmy Butler's always been a great off-ball cutter. And then, of course, you've got Bam Adebayo, who's got his great handoff actions, always a lob threat as well. I think this team's going to be really dynamic on both sides of the court. Yeah, the Oladipo move completely slipped my mind. That's such a nice low risk, potentially high reward, even with the injury troubles for them signing. Uh, I think one of the things potentially on the calendar that could be incredibly exciting is the trilogy playoffs matchup between the Heat and Bucks, the score sitting at 1-1 right now as the rosters roughly, or at the current iteration of each team's rosters. And then there's the close to home part about all this news for us. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, the Instagram post definitely teared me up and I had to take a couple minutes. I felt the weight of nine years in that post, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, Incredibly prolific message, a lot of information in it, and it still felt so succinct and like there could have been so much more that was said. And I think that kind of says it all about the last nine years he's had in Toronto. A guy who came in a time when the Raptors were actually trying to work towards the playoffs then realized very quickly that they didn't have the team for it and decided to blow it up. So Gay leaves in that season, Rudy Gay. Um, and, Lowry, and Lowry was supposed to go, but he didn't. There was a deal in place with the Knicks, and he didn't go. And him and DeMar stayed, and they, year after year there, they tried to get over the hump. Like his their first playoff series in Toronto – his game-winning layup gets blocked by Paul Pierce at the buzzer. Then they get swept by the Wizards the next year. Then they finally break through 
Norman Powell with that awesome dunk against the Indiana Pacers. Then they go and they beat the Miami Heat in seven games. Lowry has that great half-court shot to send it to overtime, I believe, in game two. Um, they make it all the way to the conference finals where they lose to the Cavs. And then it's back-to-back years of second-round exits with the Cavs. And there were some amazing regular season games during that time where the line that you'll always associate with Lowry, well, first of all, like toughness, grit. He gave everything, but it was don't poke the bear, right? He always found something to put a chip on his shoulder every time calls weren't going his way or he was getting charged into taking a hit. He'd come back and he'd hit a clutch shot in someone's face or a pull up three, or he'd set up a beautiful assist. And as he's gotten a little bit older, he's fully become that all encompassing pull the strings point guard, uh, great passes everywhere. And when DeRozan left, he, he was not happy with the franchise. And there are a lot of quotes that came out where he was felt betrayed and we turned it around that season. Kawhi arrives and of course the rest is history. And then he hangs in there, signs the extension to stay even longer. He probably could have left that year if he had wanted to out on top, but he decides to stay a little bit longer. Mentors Fred uh, (laughs) drags the team through probably the toughest year in franchise history in terms of playing out of Tampa Bay. And um, he always, every time he was on the court, he never took a minute off. And like Max, you were there, the 30 point comeback against Dallas. Like he, Lowry, if he's on the court, he's going to not give up and he's going to work hard and he's going to take a charge in the all star game where it doesn't matter. And he's going to throw elbows into guys' backs and he's going to flop and he's going to talk trash and he's going to play with so much heart and make these crazy layups where his butt just bounces the other dude the other way and then he's flying horizontally and landing in the fifth row to make a layup Uh, and then he's sprinting back on defense like I can go on and on with the great memories and all the things I love about Kyle and we knew pretty well when this season ended that he was going to go and so a lot of the emotion and the goodbyes have happened over the last few months, which is why it feels a little bit easier to say goodbye now. But um, I'm I'm going to be right on Scotiabank's website when those tickets come out because I 100% want to be in Toronto for when he comes home because there is going to be a statue of Kyle Lowry outside of Scotiabank Arena one day, and he deserves it. He I would say he's a Hall of Famer based on the fact that everyone gets in the NBA Hall of Fame. But Raptors franchise record holder in assists, steals, he's second in points. Um, (laughs) Greatest Raptor of all time. What can you say? Yeah, that Dallas comeback sparks memories of a game, I think, where he had a not great first half, lots of threes missed, and this is one of as someone who hates flopping, hates moaning to the refs, there's, I'm not the Kyle Lowry fan you are. <laughs> but I think the confidence for the, to never stop taking the threes when he feels like it's the best shot available and 
the bewilderment I'd have when it's like, wow, you missed that shot three times in a row that I thought was poor percentage. And then you just drained the next four and Never sparking afraid. this team. Um, the vision, everything you could ask for from a point guard, the lobs and cuts he's able to set off, set up some of my favorite parts of the game. And yeah, I, I think I had the opposite experience view where it didn't really set in that Kyle Lowry won't be starting next season in a Raptors uniform, despite knowing that until I'd read that Instagram post and it really hit me then. It's, I hope we don't have to play too many games against him because if I had mixed feelings when he was a Raptor, I have a pretty good idea how I'm going to feel when he's the one blocking our way towards more success. Yeah. To the bulldog of Bay street, we salute you. Cheers, my friend. Um, we'll have to, yeah, I just, I feel like I have to get tickets when he's back in Scotiabank arena, but until then we will soak up the, uh, the other free agent, acquisitions on the board here i don't know if we want to walk through all of these but a couple of quick hitters in terms of winners that i had in the eastern conference um atlanta locking up both trey and john collins to extensions is great even if collins doesn't necessarily fit what they have projected in the long run he is a tradable player and and breaking news now coming in uh ken birch back to the raptors three years 20 million uh, so we'll talk about that in a couple minutes, but that's cool that that just came through. Uh, and then other moves from the Hawks I liked is uh, Gorgie Deng is a really cheap, low risk, uh, solid upside backup center to bring in there because they didn't really have that position in last year's playoff run. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, big, big extension for Jared Allen. But because they hold his rights and the other four guys in their starting lineup are all guys that they've drafted, they'll be able to afford it. And now Cleveland is definitely on my league pass list as one of the most fun and intriguing young starting fives in the league because they are going to start Allen and Mobley. And I think that's just an awesome defensive, long, lengthy front court. And then you've got Garland and Sexton who are absolutely buzzing on the other end. And then Isaac Okoro, who's got pretty good upside as a three and D type guy. So it's, it's a fun, really young team. I think Jared Allen is the oldest guy and he's like 23. So really, really fun there. Um, the wizards. I like just like Spencer Dinwiddie's a great signing. He's a really versatile guy. He can fit in as your point guard, or he can play off ball with Bradley Beal operating still as the number one guy there. Um, and then I did like that. They got Kuzma because even though Laker fans want to drive him out of town, it might be good for him to play away from the spotlight a little bit. And wings are really valuable. And what Kuzma can bring to a game is is pretty valuable for teams. And he's on a great contract. So that's a good pickup for the Wizards. And then, of course, Montrez Harrell, KCB, KCP, who they pick up in the rush trade as well. Guys that you can probably flip at the deadline for decent assets. So um, solid pickup from the Wizards there. And when you uh, think... That- both yeah. all those players came from flipping John Wall. You have yeah. to give your hats off to the GM that John Wall Definitely. was turned into Kuzma, KCP, Harrell, and yeah. Dinwiddie. I mean, that's a pretty great haul. 
and the uh, and the number twenty two pick in this year's draft, who I I don't recall who that ended up being, but it it's yeah, it's a great turnaround for John Wall if you look at the trade tree, hundred percent. Um, and then I guess the the big two teams that I had left, a quick loser I had. 76ers Andre Drummond I don't know what move that is like we already saw Dwight Howard was a bit of a disaster for them and they basically got Dwight Howard again in Andre Drummond uh for Con Korkmaz solid if they hadn't signed him someone else would they bring back Danny Green which I guess is solid as well um I guess the and even George Niang was a great signing so I guess the reason why I have him as a loser is you're just waiting on what's gonna happen with Ben Simmons as long as he's on that team apparently he hasn't spoken to anyone in the organization. So as long as he's on that team, they're a loser, no matter what they do. Um, but we could see that he's got to get moved at some point because it looks like he might not just, he may just not come back to the team when the season starts. Yeah. It's the drumming for Howard back and forth between the Lakers and 76ers <laughs> is killing me, but the, I don't know how many of the Simmons headlines you're seeing, but they're insane. I'm like, not responding to Embiid's calls, uh, cut all ties with the team. Says he doesn't want to go to Portland or Toronto because he wants more of a nightlife, which I don't know too much about Portland, but that's one of the most absurd things I've heard about uh, Toronto, that it doesn't have much of a nightlife. Uh, Also just speaks to where his priorities and incentives are at. That's just because these guys haven't been to Toronto enough. Like yeah. all the guys who actually play here, they love it. It's just guys have such a different perspective on it. Uh, it, it might be a tax and Canadian dollar thing. I'm not sure if that's in the consideration. But if you have the, if you have the right financial people that you can hire to work for you, then the taxes, like you can get around that. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I'm hearing he's requesting California, the Warriors being a big one, which the Warriors have no interest in players like Ben Simmons. Um, It seems like a really sticky, unfortunate situation for everyone involved that's really entertaining to watch for everyone else. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the value eventually is because I... I don't really understand what the 76ers strategy has been all in all this asking a really sky high price. And then all these leaks and stories coming out where it's clear Simmons doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. Philadelphia doesn't want Simmons Uh, everything from the work ethic to what he can bring onto the court in question at the moment. So feels like it's going to be a loose change. Please take this contract and player off our hands. Uh, Pending. The last uh, two teams I wanted to talk about before we move to the West, the Brooklyn Nets I had as a winner because Blake Griffin, they bring him back when he probably could have got a lot more money elsewhere with how he played in the playoffs. Uh, Patty Mills is in fantastic signing for this team to come off of the bench and just light it up. And it's been a while since he's been on a contender since the Spurs were good, but on those Spurs team, he like, again, he's a fighter man. And we saw with him in Australia, Olympic basketball, he is a fantastic, fantastic player and a clutch performer. And he's going to dig in there, even at his diminutive size and give you some solid defense. So he's just a great guy to have 
as a, as a pure role player around these stars. Um, and then of course they qualify Bruce Brown. He's just going to take the qualifying offer, which means he thinks he can get a ton of money next year. Um, and then James Johnson, I thought was a decent signing to replace them losing Jeff green. Uh, obviously he's not the same shooter as Jeff green and not the same defender, but uh, still a big wing there that you can throw at some guys. And, and that's important come playoff time. So I had the nets as a winner there. And then uh, the New York Knicks spent a lot of money. It's better than what they've been in previous years. Like it's a lot of money to pay Fournier. It's a lot of money to pay Rose, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, Taj Gibson. Um, Kemba Walker. I was going to get there, but he's a buyout guy. So I'm sure the contract's not going to end up being that expensive, which I actually don't mind that pickup low risk, high reward. He's a guy that basically whoever's having a better night between him and Rose, you can basically run with those guys. And then of course you've also got Emmanuel quickly um, as well to throw in there. And Alfred Payton, I believe is still there. So they've got a solid bunch of guards that they can choose from on any given night. And there's obviously a lot of injury risk with Rose and Kemba. So always nice to have some depth there. And yeah, it's a lot of money for these guys, but all of these are mostly tradable contracts. None of them are absolutely unbearable that you'll turn your nose at. It's guys that you can package together for stars, which is always what the Knicks are looking to do is get stars. And so these are all good mid-level contracts that you can trade. And, and that's where I see the value in them. But overall, it's a lot of money to spend on the team doesn't really get better. I think and it, yeah. I think it raises the floor of the team coming off their best season in a long time. It gives you some hope or faith in a repeat playoff appearance. And that's probably the best the Knicks can hope for. Keep their names in the contenders list. And you never know when the next disgruntled NBA superstar is gonna emerge. I I mean, there's a couple you could name right now and you never know when they're going to feel like trying to try out New York, the big apple. So if they have a team whose floor is high enough for playoff hopes and that lightning strikes, they get lucky. There's a superstar come free agency looking for a trade. They've got contracts to clear up the cap space they need. So at a micro level, you look at any one of those contracts, save the Kemba one, I think Randall getting extended as well. And they might be questionable, but at a macro team level with the dynamic that is the New York Knicks and the potential they have in free agency, I, I think as a whole, the strategy makes sense for them. Yep. And the last thing there is the Randall contract fixed in there too, right? It is tradable, but I thought it, you just saw what the Raptors went through with Siakam where you had to pay him, but it ends up being an overpay. I think they just did the exact same thing here with Randall. His contract's actually 250K more per year salary cap hit wise than Siakam for a guy who showed you that has severe, severe limitations come playoff time. And if he's your number one guy, you're going to struggle. It's, it's as simple as that, right? We saw Siakam struggle and now Randall's similar type player, a little bit better of a shooter, 
but you never know if that's going to regress. I just, I thought that was a risky contract to pay a whole bucket load of money for a guy who hasn't proven anything in the playoffs, but you had to pay him and they had the space to do it. And if you're the Knicks, obviously you're going to have a fun, solid team next year, which is great. And you never know if you can move for, uh, for stars. So in that regard, they kind of hold steady, if not take a step up. I just, I don't think they're still anywhere near the championship contender conversation. For sure. All right. We move to the West. And I think of course we have to start with the 2012 all-star team. Yeah. In Lakerland. Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Kendrick Nunn, and Talon Horton Tucker are all signings made by the Lakers. Um, the only guys on that team before those, all those signings was LeBron, AD, Marc Gasol, and uh, Alfonso McKinney, I think. Uh, shout out Raptors legend Alfonso McKinney. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of names that, like you said, were higher in value many, many years ago. Um, in some cases, many, many, many years ago. Uh, so I will pick out the, well, first off, my biggest L from all these signings is not a single one of these guys plays a lick of defense. And so this Lakers team, which for the past two seasons has really relied on a backbone of defense to get them through a lot of the tough stretches that they had when one or both of their stars weren't playing. Uh, And then of course in their championship run in the bubble, they have none of that. Now, none of these guys play defense, the best defender probably out of all of these guys would be Trevor Reza. And he like was done playing at a high level two, three years ago. Um, Offensively. I like the fits for most of them. You've got Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, all sharpshooters that are going to have the most open looks of their careers uh, when AD and LeBron are working. And Taylor Horton Tucker, hopefully he can take a step forward. I just swallowed my tongue there or something. Um, and then Mello and Dwight and Trevor Reza are veterans that can fit in hopefully with the offense and LeBron's going to keep those guys in check. You just know he is. The, I think the best signing in my opinion out of all these was Malik Monk somehow grabbing him. He turned down bigger money elsewhere to play with this team. And I think he's going to be an explosive microwave that they really are going to need coming off the bench. Yeah. I have a lot of questions and no answers about this roster. I, I loved the Westbrook trade for reasons I've detailed earlier and think that could lead to some huge success, but how exactly this team is going to operate offensively and defensively is a huge mystery to me. And I wonder how much Frank Vogel knew beforehand and he must be having a crazy summer uh, jammed up, pulled up somewhere with LeBron probably, uh, just nonstop sketching out how exactly this is going to play out, but yeah, this could be one of the wackiest runs in a while. I know I picked him at the beginning of last season, but if the Lakers finished like top three in the West, it's because Anthony Davis was the defensive player of the year. So if you're high on this Lakers team, then you have to absolutely hammer whatever those odds end up being. Cause that's what it's going to 
take for them to be in the top three because he is going to have to make up for a multitude of mistakes on the defensive end, which is he, he is capable of doing and did in New Orleans for many, many years. But yeah, it's going to take a Herculean defensive effort from Anthony Davis this regular season to get the Lakers um, into the top of that Western conversation just based on what I see from these signings. Yeah, I mean, just the way the past two playoffs and years have gone uh, there's so little consistency right now that I wonder when we'll get back to having really regular expectations oh we know what happened last season so we can expect more of the same this season injuries were king last season and it feels like they determined a lot so how about what the load management this regular season looks like is going to be interesting, but this Laker team, I really have no idea what to expect. I think they're my biggest question mark in all of this free agency action. Uh, My biggest L if we're done with the Lakers has got to be the new Orleans Pelicans, a team that had a, troubling last year where they disappointed what should what the expectations were look to be on their way to potentially squandering a second generational talent uh lose Lonzo Ball were hope in the talks for Kyle Lowry picking up an improved point guard and end up taking Devontae Graham I it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be optimistic about right now if you're a Pelicans fan, unless you're really high on this new coaching hire. Yeah, it the the starting backcourt goes from Bledsoe Ball to Graham Sadoransky for this Pelicans team. Um, they already played zero defense, so I guess it's going to be negative defense next year for the Pelicans, unless Ingram and Zion buy in. But JV, probably a slightly worse defender than Adams. And then, of course, the two guys I just mentioned, probably worse defenders than what they had last year. Um, Graham fits better offensively in terms of shooting and uh, ball handling. Like, he is a knockdown shooter when he gets open looks, which is great for what they need. But I just – I don't know. And then they give up a, a, a first-round pick protected in that signing trade deal for Graham. So uh, one less asset to work with. And it's been talked about now for a couple of weeks. That's been a big story coming in New Orleans is will Zion be the first player ever to turn down a rookie extension to go somewhere else? Um, it's possible because it seems like they want to win right now, but they didn't have the pieces together yet to go and win right now. And now they're scrambling to try and make Zion happy, but it's only making things worse. And, uh, they're going to have to either hit on a couple of picks, have big developments from a couple guys, or it's going to be a Brandon Ingram package trade for like a Bradley Beal or a Damian Lillard to really turn things around in new Orleans. I, I agree. It's, it's a, they're a loser for sure. And probably the biggest loser for me in the Western conference. Yeah, it's, <laughs> there's not really much more to say than that. They want to win right now, but don't seem to know how I liked the Bledsoe and Adams flip to grab Valanciunas and I'm curious to see how that works out I think he's a bit more 
of the prototypical big man and him doing his thing might give Zion a little more energy to focus on what he does best. But other than that, it's hard to see any W's in this off season for them. And maybe the chip on the shoulder is what they need, but it's not optimistic. Don't get me wrong though. I'm going to watch as many minutes of Zion as I can next season, even if the rest of the team is a tire fire because he is just so awesome to watch. Um, Yeah. Another league pass lister. The other loser I had, I guess, talk about here. We're going to skip over a bunch of teams already getting short on time and we're just only talking free agency, but uh, the Portland trailblazers and they get Norm Powell. Love my guy, Norm Powell, but him, Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, nothing special. And that's not going to help satisfy Damian Lillard. That's the big thundercloud hanging over that organization. And they didn't really do anything to address the team and, and make it better. So at this point, the Powell signing makes McCollum more expendable. Maybe that'll be the move eventually. Uh, a McCollum for Simmons swap in some regard. But yeah, they're my other loser just because they didn't improve the team at all. And Dane it's got to be headed out of there at some point right (laughs) yeah that I think a quote that came out earlier in his offseason was I don't think we have the roster to win a championship right now and it seems like it the talks the rumors all that gossip heated up a bit more than he was comfortable with and there seems to have been a lid really clamped down on it I maybe the Simmons stuff is just overshadowing all of this. I haven't heard much out of Portland in the last two weeks, but everything was hearing before not satisfied with where it is looking for more, absolutely nothing done for this team. It just doesn't in a really loaded Western division, it, despite like some Herculean consistency from Dame, there needs to be more to build a winning team. And maybe, maybe the Trailblazers and Pelicans should just get together and form a super team because as is each team vitally missing something the other has. Yeah. The final winner uh, I want to talk about here is the Golden State Warriors who, who don't do anything super special but they add in a place of need and they still keep themselves open to options for trades for win. Now, uh, obviously Steph Curry gets the historic ex- extension four years, 215 million um, deserves every single cent <laughs> based on what he has done for the sport, what he has done for that organization. Uh, and then you've got Otto Porter jr. Coming in. He turned down better money to come play with the Warriors and and he will be another solid big wing. Uh, I think people are going to end up again, turning him into something a little bit greater than what he actually is, but he'll be a good bench kind of late years. Iguodala is the best you could hope for with less defense and maybe a little bit better shooting. Um, And then Nemanja Bielitsa, who is a guy that we've all been waiting for him to play on a good team. And now he finally has the chance to, uh, another guy that slides in there at four. He's long, decent playmaking out of the four spot. He's a smart player. He can shoot. He can defend a little bit. Just 
nothing special, but really solid piece and veteran guy to have on that team. And then with summer league underway, uh, I believe the Raptors first game is on Sunday, but the Warriors got in action and we got to see Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga looked really nice athletically and Moody looked great as well. They both scored 19 and 18 points respectively. Um, we'll see what happens when they actually jump up to the NBA, but uh, there's a lot of fun pieces in Golden State for them to play around with and eventually turn into something really special for these next two to three years that their core has left at a, at their highest level. So uh, I think they're right back in the conversation for one of the top teams in the West in terms of playoff potential. I don't know if they'll end up playing to a great regular season record, but uh, I just hope Clay's back and, and at a good level because we've missed him in the league for a while now. Yeah. We've, I can't think of a team that's been more hot and cold like going from one of the greatest sports dynasties of all time to pick number three in the draft. And then a mixed year this year, Curry, like top three MVP and a team that was a couple games away from having a chance at the playoffs and you weren't sure what they were going to bring. But for the most part, the league kind of forgot and moved on. And in that time, they've got a lot of assets. It doesn't take a huge stretch of the imagination if those assets show some of their future upside right now. And Clay comes back, the core starts playing like what it once was, that this could be a huge contender. Or they flip some of those assets for something big, which I think the said core would be interested in management doing. But this, like, it's the the curse of those generational players. You, we see it in hockey, is you get a Crosby, you get an Ovechkin, you get a Taves and Kane. And if you're not winning, if your team's not built to win that season, those players are still going to raise your floor too high to acquire the pieces you need to win. And the Golden State Warriors in the past two seasons have had the luxury of getting some of those pieces. So if Thompson comes back healthy, it's going to be really interesting what they can do with all of that assets they've picked up in the twilight of their core's prime. Yes, definitely ready after free agency for the season to start. Uh, we'll move on from the rest of the league and we will talk about our Toronto Raptors Really quickly, the biggest signing they made was today. <laughs> Masayu Jiri is signing an extension to come back. I think he's getting a uh, on-paper promotion, but I think his role stays mostly the same. Um, happy to have Masai here. Can't believe it's it's been now, uh, what, eight, eight years with Masai? Nine, eight years with Masai, I think. And... He has really turned around this franchise and taken it from mediocrity to be one of the premier talent scouting development uh, organizations in the league. And uh, he's been a big, big part of the success. So it's glad to have him stay. And it also means that he wasn't trying to tank the franchise during the draft and free agency and then move on to another team, which is also good to know. Man, it's, <laughs> 
you hear so many things about so many franchises and just like head scratchers at some of the front office decisions. And it, it's so nice to have confidence in ours to even when there's a move or a lack of a move, you don't quite understand to have faith that it's being done in the name of some bigger picture and that it's all going to work out. And yeah, haven't really, despite the way the last season has gone, I'm just looking forward to what comes next for this franchise. And what comes next, I think, well, again, I was overly optimistic last year. I was positive about the Bane signing, which turned out to be one of the worst in Raptors history. Uh, so again, take this with a grain of salt, but I am optimistic once again about this season. I wrote that article on our website about the things to look forward as a Raptors fan. It's a little bit dated now, but still applies. Um, a starting lineup of Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and now Kem Birch coming back on his signing, I think is really solid, especially defensively. A lot of defensive versatility there. Um, and then offensively, there should be enough there to at least hang in there with opposing, te- opposing team starting lineups. And then the part that I love about this team is we're going to have a bench mob again. And it's going to be so, so fun to watch Malachi Flynn play, uh, Utah Watanabe, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, uh, Precious Achua, who, by the way, I think is actually low-key a really, really great piece to get in that sign trade because obviously you don't always get great packages, but I think Precious Achua has a lot of Bam Adebayo in him and spent a year underneath him, and he's incredibly mobile. He was dunking on all over Team USA in Nigeria's exhibition game. Um, he's a plus-plus defender and can guard one through five as an undersized five. And I think him and Boucher actually would be a great kind of thunder and lightning combo in the front court coming off the bench. Um, The big things I would say we're missing uh, from this team is, is just more shooting. There's not enough shooting, but I do like Watanabe there as, as a, as a four or even a three. Um, And then of course, yeah, it, it, they're missing one more shooter. Uh, They picked up, Ishmael Wainwright on a two-year deal today to play with their summer league. Um, obviously, Danolo Banton and David Johnson are their two second-round picks, and we'll see what Freddie Gillespie can do. He'll have to really fight with Precious Achua to earn that, that backup center spot on the team. We have a lot of size and length on this team and a lot of athletes, but we are missing the shooting and playmaking without if, if Malachi or Fred go down, then we might be in a bit of trouble depending on how much uh, growth we'll see from these two second rounders really early in their career. Yeah. Also unclear on the future of Goran Dragic. It sounds like the Raptors aren't too interested in hanging on, but want some value. The Dallas, the preferable spot to make that happen, but the Mavericks not too interested in taking him. I'd still feel like this team could do with a, proper traditional five more than anything else i'd like a solid seven footer who's (laughs) gonna give rim protection and just be there offensively to clean up some offensive boards and bring that more than anything else so if Dragic could be flipped for something like that best case Um, what i would see the the move there is Luca's gonna want Goran Dragic, so in the end, the Mavericks might make the move, and and the package that was theor theor 
theoreticized. What is that word? Why am I <laughs> screwing this up? Theorized. Theorized. There we go. Got it. it uh, would be <laughs> Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell. And again, Dwight Powell is not necessarily a traditional starting five, but he's a little bit bigger and a little bit more athletic and could probably hang in there. And then Jalen Brunson, and I would love as a, as another ball handler coming off the bench. Um, he's got some great size and, and finishing ability. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the, the move if Dallas is in the picture, but uh, I definitely agree that you had to bring Birch back because of what he showed in, in near the end of the season, but yeah, missing a starting five and missing a, another playmaking shooting presence. I think their best lineup this season will eventually be Fred, Gary Trent, OG Siakam Barnes. And that will be an electric front court of guys who all are basically the same size and defensively really special you'll give up some reboundings but it's a lineup that like can just hang in there and not let any paint penetration happen which can really stifle stifle teams offenses i know i think we flip fred and uh trent jr for two more like six seven wings who play positionless basketball ben Simmons. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was no. Well, the trade that everyone had today was De'Aaron Fox straight up for Pascal, but I don't think either team does that. Would be a fun spot in theory. Like the again, the you you make a good point about a about or the like starting point guard is a big need because Fred has never really been a starting point guard or your traditional get everyone in their spots. That's why he did so well besides Kyle because he is a little bit more of a score first guy. So I, I, I wish we had a little bit more playmaking out there on the floor and the offense is there's going to be some struggle ball this year, but the defensive backbone of this team is enough to have it in the conversation for a playoff spot. And that's what I'm looking forward to because I love the Raptors teams that play defense. Yeah, then what's the de- I know we were very short on time here. What's the deal with Dragic? Like, is there any potential we just hang on to him and let him fill that need? Yeah, of course. He could totally be the guy. I just, I think. Like we have a guy on our roster <laughs> who checks off yeah. what you're saying. So yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. And, and that could end up being just the easy solution right in front of you. I just don't know if, if management wants him taking away time from all of these younger guys. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Uh, Flynn's development. Another thing I'm really interested in this season, of mm. course, Scotty Barnes as well. Yeah, but. we'll definitely see some Malachi Fred lineups at some point in order to balance out the, the playmaking duties a little bit more. Man, if we could get a big five, you run like a Malachi, OG, Pascal, Boucher, and then that five, and the defense would just be... Oh. Yes, yes. Very nice. All right, that's finally it for NBA. We only have about a minute left here, so I want to take some really quick hitters. I want to shout out Damian Warner for his gold medal and uh, Olympic record in the decathlon, greatest athlete on earth, London boy. Shout out Andre DeGrasse with a gold medal in the 200 meters. Really thrilling run by him. Uh, I want to shout out Luka Doncic, even though Slovenia loses on a game-winning block by Nicholas Batum. Uh, he had a triple-double, the third in Olympic history. Um, assists. and played injured in the end there uh usa versus france gonna be a really fun final i want to shout out our canadian women who are playing tomorrow morning in the gold medal game against team sweden looking forward to that one um 
I want to shout out George Springer for being the AL player of the week. Fantastic week. He's been hitting uh, leadoff bombs and really is starting to become the player that the Blue Jays acquired and paid all that money for. And it is still crazy to me that the Blue Jays are now a season best seven games over 500 and they are seven games back of the division lead. So a lot of ground to make up, but I do think it's possible with the way this team has been playing as of late. Really, really fun team. Um, and last one from me, Max, before I give you your 30 seconds of fame, Lionel Messi. Where's he going to play next season? Can't wait to talk about this on maybe Sunday's pod, but he's not going to be back in Barcelona after the uh, decrease in La Liga's wage limit. And it means that his contract won't work with Barca and he's going to be playing somewhere else. And that's huge news in the world of footy and uh, fascinating to see where he will go. All right, Max, you got any last shout outs here? All right, I got to give Alexander Zverev a shout out for taking home Olympic gold in tennis after beating Djokovic in the semis and more on this another episode setting up a really interesting storyline for Djokovic's Grand Slam. I want to shout out Japan for picking some awesome Olympic events in skateboarding, rock climbing, canoeing. Love to see that. And lastly, I'll shout out Dana White for setting up the worst UFC main event of the year. That's all. Sports Next Door signing out.